I've always wondered if God knows what's on our heart, then what's the point of praying? If I'm gonna ask for something, he already knows what's gonna happen, then what's the point of me asking? This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm your host, Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor Shanahan. On today's episode, we're going to start off by reading the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Did you ever have to memorize that prayer? Actually, no, I did not. Really? I did not have to memorize that prayer. I grew up in the Catholic Church when I was young. My family attended the Catholic Church and we would say this prayer every Sunday. And then when we would go to like, I would go to we called it CCD. If any other uh, people grew up in the Catholic Church out there, shout out CCD. I don't know what it stands for. Catholic's probably one of the C's. Church might be another one. I don't know. But then, so we would go to like a midweek, you know, youth group, theological education, discipleship program, and we would repeat this every time we went there as well. So this is ingrained in your... This is deep. This one goes deep. And the point of walking through this today, certainly, I mean, it's one, it's the words of our Lord. Come on, somebody. It's significant. But also as we, oh, hold on, stand by from the booth, CCD stands for, I don't know, even a con, confraternity of Christian doctrine, confraternity, shout out to whoever named that program, confraternity, confraternity of Christian doctrine. That's phenomenal. I don't even know what that means. We're going to rename everything in our church just so we can do confraternity in there somewhere. Our young adult ministry is no longer just a young adult ministry. <laughs> it is. It is the confraternity of young adults. And that has been declared. It's like, it's like a Christian fraternity. Yeah. <laughs> that could get into a little bit of trouble, but I like where we're headed. I actually, I like that a lot because that is exactly what we're trying to talk about today is um, give yourself some grace when talking and praying through the Trinity. Because on Warrior Podcast, we have been going through the doctrine of the Trinity. We've been talking about our one God who has eternally existed in three persons. One divine essence, three distinct persons. One divine nature, three distinct persons. And while we have stressed the importance of this doctrine, while we have hopefully communicated the practicality and purpose of dwelling on these things and talking about these things, that's our heart. We also know that such a focus on the Trinity, especially if you grew up in a, in a church or in a program that didn't, dare I say, properly emphasize the Trinity, if it's a bit newer to you, there can be some anxiety about talking through these things. And, and particularly when it comes to prayer, okay, when should I address the Father? When should I address the Son? When should I address the Spirit? Do I just say, God, can I call them all Lord? What does that look like for me? And so in today's episode, we want you to take a deep breath and we want to walk through the Lord's Prayer as it relates to how you should pray to the Trinity. I feel like this is something that is so common that it's it loses its meaning sometimes. Definitely, definitely. And that's an unfortunate reality of so much of our lives, right? So much of our Bible reading, so much of our engagement with church becomes insignificant when we become complacent in, in realizing the significance of these things. And so as we talk about something as complex and beautiful and mysterious as the Trinity, we just, we don't want to grow complacent. We don't want to miss even the small areas where we can see the Trinity in this. So here we have the Lord's Prayer. We're looking at, at Matthew's account of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, specifically verses 9 through 13. And uh, we see that Jesus starts his prayer by saying, Our Father in heaven. The Trinity. The Trinity. So most simply, most practically, we can address the Father in our prayers. We address the Father through the Son and by the power of the Spirit. 
I've shared an example on this podcast before where, where a, a deacon and also a worship leader at a church that I served at would say, often in their prayers, Father, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Um, technically, that's heresy because the son died on the cross, but also relax a little bit. Because there's grace. There's grace and there's some mystery because our God is one. So in some sense, God died on the cross for your sins. Specifically, God the Son, who took on flesh as Jesus Christ, died on the cross for who your sins. Who was sent by the Father. Who was sent by the Father, died on the cross for your sins. And that forgiveness, that salvation is applied to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. But most simply, one, take a deep breath. Two, you can just say, dear God, when you pray. You could say, hello, God. You can say, good morning, God. Perhaps if you're feeling fancy, good afternoon, God. Feel free to speak to the Lord. The Lord knows your heart. I think that's what we're trying to yeah. say. I don't like uh, my wife as well. When, when we pray, I think I've shared this in a previous episode as well, but perhaps it's worth repeating that, that my poor wife, when I come home from, from a day of, of teaching on these things or a day of working and reading about the Trinity, and I'll go through some of these things, the different role of the Father and the Son and the Spirit, and then I'll be like, okay, babe, why don't you pray for us? And she'll look at me like, all right, let's do it. And then start praying and find herself pausing. Did I say that right? Should I have addressed the spirit there? The spirit's the one who sanctifies us, right? And and you don't like, man, there is there is a lot of mystery here. We certainly don't want to overcomplicate the distinctions between the father and son and spirit. We do want to properly honor them where they exist in scripture, uh, but we don't want to overcomplicate things. And we want you to feel free to engage with the Lord, knowing that he knows your heart, knowing that he wants you to speak to him. Don't let any anxiety about misdirecting prayers to a person of the Godhead prevent you from praying. I could so relate to Madeline because I'm like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to pray the wrong thing. But God created us. God knows us. God desires a relationship with us. Yes. And I don't think that praying those things unintentionally, praying those things wrong will hurt the relationship with God because that's what he wants. Correct. That's what he wants. So speak your mind, address the Lord freely and accept the invitation of God to continue to get to know him. So let's continue here. Our father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Let's give a little... That's a little different. Let's give a little nugget of wisdom. This I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB. And let me tell you, they get this spot on. So in the original language here, this sentence, Our Father in Heaven, your name be honored as holy, reads exactly as that. It's an action type, almost like a verb of God, make your name holy. A plea with the Father to make his name holy in our lives. It's almost like you're asking God to reveal himself more and more to you. That's exactly what, what we're praying here. That's what Jesus is praying. And so often this will get translated or often we'll say like, Father, hallowed be your name. Right. My right? Bible says, hallowed be your name. And that's how I memorized it in the confraternity of Christian doctrine when I was growing up in the Catholic church. Hallowed be your name. I had no idea what that meant. I don't even know what the word, it makes me think I of still Halloween. Don't know. Like, I still I, don't know <laughs> what that means. And so it, it often we'll, we'll approach this prayer with an understanding of, uh, Father, your name is holy. Mm-hmm. And that's true. And that's a wonderful declaration. That is a phenomenal way to start off in prayer is to simply praise God for who he is. That's that's kind of a loose but you know solid definition of worship is to render unto God that which is true, to simply state things that are true about God because he's worthy of all praise. So in the same way, when we pray, we can say, Father, you are holy, you are good, you are righteous. But this sentence that Jesus says in the Lord's prayer is communicating a bit more than that. It's a bit more than just, Father, your name is holy, although it certainly is. Jesus is also praying, Father, make your name holy among us. 
to me, that sounds so much more personal. In the previous podcast, we were talking about the purpose of life. And I feel like the purpose of life is to know God. And when you say it as your name, be honored as holy in, in the context of Lord, make it known to me. It's like, that's essentially reflecting your purpose of life. It is. I think. Absolutely. The purpose of our lives is to know and love and enjoy and glorify God. So for God to be revealed in us, to us, and through us is absolutely fulfilling our design, the purpose that God has given us without a doubt. And it's also significant to view it that way when you see that the next sentence in this prayer is Jesus saying to the Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so consider the correlation there. If the first sentence is to be properly read as, Father, make your name holy, be honored as holy, reveal yourself to us, even here on earth, reveal yourself to us. How does that happen? Through the kingdom of God being revealed and through the will of God being done on earth. Now, if we want to get a little nerdy here on Warrior Podcast and talk about the Trinity, the kingdom in God's will is revealed through the Son. The Father's will is revealed through the Son. The Father's kingdom, the Father's rule and reign over all things, the Father's nature and character is revealed through the Son. That's what Hebrew says. Mm-hmm. The Father is revealed through the Son, and we are able to understand this by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that might be a bit of a stretch Trinitarian-wise, but I think that that's significant to say that a proper reading of the Lord's Prayer is to say, Father, make your name holy, reveal yourself to us. Be revealed to us. Make your kingdom known here on earth. Your will be done here on earth. And I think we now can say, Father, thank you for doing that through the Son. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to make your name known. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to make your kingdom known and to reveal to us your will, to reveal to us your nature and character. And then um, give us this day our daily bread. Does that change in your in your Bible? No, that's what, yeah, that's what okay. the CSB says as well. Give us today our daily bread. I think when I was in the confraternity of Christian doctrine, I'm never going to let that phrase go. <laughs> Then we said, uh, give us this day our daily bread. But same thing, same yeah. sentence there. And and essentially, it's it's the sentiment there is the same. Trusting the Lord to provide every day. Trusting the Lord to meet you in, in your life, to meet you where you are that day, to give you your needs, and to find your sustenance, your joy, your contentment, all that you need for life in God. I've also heard this. I'm, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this, but I've also heard that this, this verse, this is verse 11, um, is the part of the prayer that you can ask God things now that you've addressed his holiness and now that you've praised him. Now it's time to ask for things. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Certainly the Lord knows what's on your heart, mm-hmm. right? And he, want, he invites us to speak those but things. But he's a God of participation. Come on. Yes, he is. The triune God is one who values participation and invites us to speak to him, to grow in understanding of him, to grow in relationship with him. So certainly I think, I think that's an effective model of prayer to address God, to praise him for his nature and character, to praise him for who he is, to ask him to make himself known, to reveal himself, to praise him for making his kingdom and will known through the son by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then certainly Elizabeth, to your point, I think it's fair to transition. Give us our daily bread. Give me the things I need today. Please bless my marriage, bless my job, help me in this, help me in this, whatever I might be going through, whatever you might be facing that day. Certainly, I think the Lord would ask you to surrender those things to him. Ask him how you would like to see him move in your life. I've always wondered um, if God knows what's on our heart, then what's the point of praying? You just open up a can of worms, my friend, straight up. Yeah. What is the purpose of prayer? If, if God is sovereign, if God is in control, why pray? Because it's like, if I'm going to ask for something, he already knows what's going to happen. Then what's the point of me asking? Right. Well, uh, one simple answer, he's commanded you to pray. 
LOL. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like a very loving answer. <laughs> it's not a great answer. It's not a great answer. Uh, but I think that is part of the answer is that God has, God has commanded us to pray in scripture. Two, I think we could say that God has invited us into his fellowship as we've discussed hopefully at length on this podcast. Hopefully it's clear that we believe that the triune God is one who enjoys participation, who created out of an abundance of his eternal fellowship, eternal participation, eternal love, and invites us into that. So God invites us to participate in, in these things. Let me ask you a question. Yes. What do you think of this statement? This is something that one of my seminary professors told me once. What if... God has sovereignly decided to give you things if you ask for them. Hmm. So what if like, what if prayer is the means through which God has sovereignly decided to act through his people? So, so the context of that conversation was looking at these passages in Exodus where God shows up and tells Moses, I'm going to destroy the Israelites and start over with Oh, you. that's just what I was thinking because, of. Yeah, because they won't listen to me. They're disobedient people. I'm going to destroy them. Start over with you. Moses prays. And says, God, please don't do that. Please don't destroy your people. Be faithful to who you are. Be faithful to your word. Be faithful to your promise to multiply a nation through my family. And God says, essentially, okay. So what if God had sovereignly decided to act and spare Israel through the prayers of Moses? Now that's confusing, but I think that there's a lot of truth to that. That our sovereign God who enjoys participation has invited us to pray, has invited us to engage in his cosmic mission to impact the world, to make disciples of lost people, to reveal his loving nature and character to the world. And the most significant way we can do that is prayer. And prayer is essentially talking to God. And prayer is talking to God. Yeah, that was a great question. And yes, so like there is there is cosmic significance to prayer and there's a great question for you to... Eternal significance to Yeah, prayer. for you to bring this up. There is eternal, cosmic, weighty significance to prayer that God is inviting you to participate in kingdom matters, eternal matters, things of eternal significance through prayer, period. And that's a really good thing. And also, like, I think what a privilege it is to be able to pray because... There wasn't always that privilege. For example, like people, if they wanted to talk to God, they would have to go to the high priest and the high priest would have to do a whole routine to be able to enter into the presence of God into into the temple. Yeah. And, and the theological significance of the Trinity that Jesus, the son of God now is our high priest. So through Christ, we have access to the father. Through Christ, we have the freedom to enter into the inner courts of God, to confidently come before the throne of God and to make our requests known. To one, participate in these eternal things, to participate participate in these kingdom matters and also to lay our concerns at his feet at our loving father's feet and we we have the confidence and ability to do that because of Jesus fulfilling the role of high priest on our behalf and the prayer continues and the prayer continues it does indeed uh verse 12 forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors and do not bring us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one may i suggest these are things that the holy spirit does the Holy Spirit then sanctifies us. The Holy Spirit... What does sanctify mean? Ah, thank you for asking. Sorry, that's a $5 word. Sanctification means being made more like God over a long period of time. Being made more holy over a long period of time. So essentially you have a point in your life where you receive salvation and then there's a lifelong process of sanctification. Correct. So our heart in all of this is that you would come to know and love and believe in Jesus Christ, to, to understand your place in God's redemptive story, that after God created a good world, humans disobeyed and messed it up, God promised a hero to make us right with him again, and that hero is Jesus Christ. And so if we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in his victorious death, 
burial, and resurrection to take away our judgment and punishment that we rightfully deserve for our mess, for our sin, the Bible would say. If we believe in him, then we could be saved. And so from that moment of salvation, though, we still have a long life on earth. We're not just plucked into the sky. So one that speaks to the mission that God has for us now. And also there's hope that God will help us by the power of the Holy Spirit become more like him. Because our future is being with God again in paradise. Though uh, the paradise in the beginning of the Bible was a garden where God created Adam and Eve to enjoy his presence, the paradise that we see at the end of the Bible in Revelation is a city because there's going to be so many people there. God's kingdom, God's family will be expressed in paradise, in the new Jerusalem, the Bible calls it, this new city, the new earth remade as it was supposed to be. And until we get there, we have a long process of growth, a long process of knowing God more, of loving him more, and becoming more and more like him so that our words, our thoughts, our actions would reflect Christ to the world. And the Holy Spirit is the one who guides that process, who develops us and makes us more like Christ over a long period of time. So without the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we are unable to forgive others. The trick with forgiveness is to realize that we are all undeserving of forgiveness. The scriptures would say that by nature and also by choice, we have disobeyed God. Our nature is one that is rebellious. Our nature is one that is disobedient. Just this past week, I was helping my wife babysit a few young girls, beautiful two-year-old, four-year-old young girls who are sweet and kind, except when they're not. And they are just so disobedient as all children are. And even though they're a ton of fun to watch and it's a privilege for us, um, gotta throw those caveats in there. Am I right, parents? I love my kids, they're great, but also it would be nice if they would obey me just once in their lives. It would be nice if when I said, hey, no dessert before dinner, they didn't just sneak behind my back and take all the cookies (laughs) from the counter or something like that. Throw a huge fit. Yeah, throw (laughs) a huge fit when they don't get what they want. Like, I think, man, human nature is rebellious. Human nature is disobedient. And so if that's true, if by nature we are disobedient people, God doesn't have to forgive us. Like we have chosen to disobey. Our very nature is to disobey. God doesn't have to save us. And yet he, he lovingly forgives us. He graciously forgives us. And so the trick with forgiveness is, I think, again, this happens by the ministry of the Holy Spirit as we become more like God, as we become more aware of the working and ministry of God in our lives, we can see that, man, we did not deserve forgiveness. But God, who is rich in mercy, forgave us by his grace, and therefore we can forgive others. My question here is when I read the next verse is I'm thinking, if I've already been saved, if the Lord has already saved me, what about temptation and being delivered from the evil one? Why would I need to pray that again? Yeah, I think from the moment of salvation, through the cross of Jesus Christ, you have been forgiven. Sins in the past, your sins in the present, your sins in the future, forgiven in the cross of Jesus Christ and praise him for that. Unfortunately, because we're still human beings, we're still going to mess up. And we're living in a sinful world. We're living in a fallen world. We are fallen beings. And the process of sanctification hasn't been completed. It's a long, slow, painful process. Uh, the Apostle Paul in Galatians 2 compares the process of sanctification to crucifixion. A long, slow, painful death. And and that is, that is our story. It is a long, often difficult life being slowly made more like Christ but still struggling with those things that that weigh us down, still struggling with our sin, still struggling with difficult situations in life. And supernaturally, I think from the moment that you're saved, you only have an an extra target on your back now that I think uh, the demonic forces that are awkward we don't like to talk about because it's weird and supernatural. But man, I think that there are probably an extra 
an extra emphasis for them to try to tempt you, for them to try to weigh you down, for them to try to trip you up in your walk with Jesus Christ, in your journey with Jesus, in your hashtag journey with Jesus. So all the more, it becomes all the more important for us to be reliant upon the Holy Spirit to protect us from temptation, to make us more aware of ways that we can resist the devil, as James would say in, in scripture, and, and to turn to Christ. So hopefully this sheds a new light on prayer in this passage of scripture known as the Lord's Prayer, where we can clearly see in this um, this collection of verses, the Father is revealed at the beginning of the prayer. The nature of the Father is revealed through the Son who came down to earth. And the Holy Spirit is also revealed in the that the Holy Spirit sanctifies us through a long process until death. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we see kind of the role of the Father, the role of the Son, the role of the Spirit in this prayer. And it might even be a bit of a stretch to see these things in this prayer, but but our heart is that we might be we might have our eyes open to the beauty of the Trinity. And I do think that we see the Trinity from cover to cover in our Bibles. So may we be on the prowl for those things. May we be looking for those things. And uh, by God's grace, we might see them. But also, as we stumble through this prayer and as we kind of walk through some of these things, hopefully that takes a little bit of pressure off you. Don't overcomplicate these these things. Don't try to second guess yourself as you pray. The Father wants you to come before him with confidence, to pray, to speak to him, to ask him questions, to wrestle with him, to bring your doubts at his feet. God is inviting you to know him because our God is a God of love. The triune God is one of love. And that is the most significant aspect of God's nature and character revealed through the fact that he is three in one because the father has always loved the son and the father has always loved the spirit. And out of that abundant love, he created us. So our loving God wants us to know him. So don't overcomplicate things in prayer. Don't feel like you have to overemphasize the distinctions between the persons of God. And also don't feel like you have to completely neglect them and just say God for everything. I think we can pray appropriately to the Father, to the Son, and to the Spirit. And I think we can also pray appropriately to God because our God is one. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.